Hello, 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 and welcome to, hello, hello, and welcome to, hello, 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 and welcome to, pop cartoon, kaba, la, kaba, la, kaba, la, kaba, la, coming at you from the L.A. Valley, pop cartoon, kaba, la, where we try and find a language for the things that are already describing the beginning of things as language and in language, but hopefully also a peak and taste and sense and vibe of that thing just above language. And I almost said just north of language, but north hasn't always been up, you know. And I would say north almost by definition is not up except on a map. Up is the other way and so is down. And this is the axis that holds together that sense of three dimensionality that we experience in this world, you know, because of experience itself. Now there's the third physical dimension, and then there's the third conceptual dimension beyond physical dimensions. And this is part of the scaling power of three that I think is why Mercury rules Virgo in uh, astrology. Yeah, I hate to generalize these things because does Mercury rule Virgo? Some try to say Chiron, but Chiron is basically a word for a measuring mechanism. But why would Mercury be Virgo or rule Virgo when Virgo is so identified with Her Majesty Istahar. I think it's even the name for it in Babylonia. I could be wrong. And I think the main reason has to do with the nature of the ordering mechanism. Uh, because that is our stereotype and experience of Virgos. What defines Virgos different from Leos, right? Leos, as we described before, you know, really appreciate attention. Alhamdulillah, they're awesome and they need to connect to awesome things and tend to connect to awesome things and tend to connect us to awesome things because that is what attention is bound around, ours and each other's. And this is part of the nature of the lion to sort of take, but we've moved away from that some time ago into something that is less about attention paid to and more about attention paid towards the organizing mechanism, the ordering mechanism, which is so fundamental. I can't emphasize that enough. I was looking at the history this week of the X and Y axis for organizing, you know, but also for conceiving. Because I think part of my initial running conceit is that there is some kind of 
natural order expressed in both the traditional math around, you know, astral language, which really does suggest a beginning to things. Even more so, the Sefer Yetzirah, the beginning of the Hebrew Kabbalah, really does suggest a beginning to things. But it also suggests a sublime and comic cosmic irony where the third is always the first secretly or rather there is no unity that is not made of trinity even the word for one in hebrew is usually three letters long i mean the aramaic version is only two letters long but then the supplementary letters at the end in aramaic i don't know how much these languages are attesting different mystical, philological priorities, but let's say, well, let's say maybe Hebrew and Aramaic are a good example of this challenge. Hebrew associated with, within its own mysticism, with the first, and Aramaic with the second. Even as much as the creation of female from male and Chava from Adam is identified in the Hasidut of Rabbeinu Nachman, as through translation that creates Hebrew and Aramaic as the original two. This is sort of validated by the use in the Old Testament where Aramaic appears as a step forwards and a step back somehow, as both. As the thing that happens in the book of Daniel because they're dealing with Chaldeans from further before, but also as the lingua franca that the latter-day foundational texts are written in, by which I mean the whole Talmud and the whole Zohar, more or less, except for the quotes. I'm talking about organizing mechanisms, you know, which has to do with dividing up, but also has to do with emerging. And this is the shift in Virgo. It's deeply associated with... Hmm... What's the word for it that I'm looking for? Reintegration, which depends on understanding, which depends on language, which depends on patience. This is the ordering mechanism that I'm talking about, and it gives way to, I think, the beginning of systems, which, let's say, is maybe the difference between the ordering mechanism as it exists in the sixth month than in the third, both of which are ruled by Mercury. Let's say part of the difference and challenge, let's say the relationship and similarity between uh, Aries and Taurus, skip one, and then between uh, Cancer and Leo, skip one, both of which are experienced as a sort of antithesis slash resolution to the other. But then the reintegration is also a sort of pre-integration, implicitly already founded. And I think this is part of this sort of ambivalence around uh, time in the mystical tradition. Because time, as experienced as polarities, as experienced as polarities, now before, later, 
right? Experienced as polarities. There's not a lot of time. There's only right now. And I guess there's before. And I guess there's later. And then there's how much more true these things are after they are tested through the fire. And I think this is part of why the traditional order of the entire zodiac starts with Aries, even into the whole biblical tradition, Hachodesh HaZelechem and Passover. I want to talk about Easter in the fall, you know, Passover in the fall, because it's a sort of a big mystery and question that comes up in the Talmud. Was the universe created in the springtime in Nisan or in the fall in Tishrei? And as much as the pivot from Pisces to Aries and the cosmic crisis and wonderful opportunity described in the pivot from Pisces to Aries, from Adar to Nisan, from an old year to a new year, is paralleled by the one from Elul to Tishrei from the sixth month to the seventh month, as they are called in the entire Bible. You'd think something called the Jewish New Year would happen in the first month, right? We would think that a holiday called Rosh Hashanah, the new year, the head of the year, would be in the first month. But no, it's defined in the Bible the whole time as being in the seventh month because it's sort of a sublime mystery and maybe even political issue, which did the universe start on? And the secret, the implicit secret here is that there's always a beginning before the beginning, and this is the beginning of language. And I'd argue this is the argument for why Mercury is in many ways both the oldest and the youngest. I think he's the one you have the most diverse personification of in different global religious traditions. And the main surprise spectrum, as we've observed many times, is let's say the youngest of the deities in the Greco-Roman pantheon to the All-Father in the Northish pantheon, the oldest in many ways, Otan. You know, Julius Caesar is surprised at how revered Mercury is up by the Gauls, hills. And I think part of it is the ordering mechanism. I think it is part of the transitional shift, let's say, from the martial to the mercurial, that I think is one of the fundamental esoteric ideas of what Israel is. Because Israel is the aspect of Jacob that Jacob becomes and then comes back to. And the language around which one is his true ultimate self, I think really does vary a lot. You know, Israel, you'll observe, is a martial aspect of the thing, crossed over into action. And whenever the character or composite unit in the Bible is referred to as Israel, they are usually in some martial, self-identified, co-identified progression, winning, expressing, saying stuff, all that awful Mars stuff, nationing, you know. They're not called, it's not called the land of Israel until the Mishnahic times, but it is called the people of Israel. 
as a political unit, as a nation, and thus blessed and cursed with the idolatry of the Elohei Israel, the sort of national uh, experience, which becomes the main cult of the Northern Kingdom and the main religious conflict between the Davidic Universalists and the sort of Northern Kingdom nationalists who call themselves Israel. I almost don't want to talk about David, but I think David is fundamental in understanding kingship, which in the Elul narrative is so much about encountering royalty. And I think this is part of the secret of why Mercury is Virgo is because in its relationship to divinity, Thoth is confronting the king, right? The king of kings. Ultimately in a sort of uh, feminized aspect. But that is for the sake of understanding. And this is the degree to which Athena is Mercury and they're not too differentiable. Uh, I saw it described as Athena is the daytime aspect, which is judgment, which is counting, and Mercury is the nighttime aspect, which is really more like Gemini, right? Thieves in the night, sailors in the boat, two minds of a thing. And this is the beginning of the ordering mechanism. The six directions. This is the beginning of construction, but also listing. So they attribute the XY axis to Rene Descartes, but I can't really imagine that's true. So I looked up to see what it means. And what he really introduces is using XYZ to mean the three axes of the unknown. And this is how he defines the unknown. X and Z are pretty synonymous for a lot of history. So it really is a chiddush. Maybe the distinction that is the third dimension there, the diagonal. The fourth dimension, of course, is time. You know, how old is that Venn diagram? And the fifth dimension is how it feels, better or worse. Do you love math or do you hate it? Do you like this math or the other math? And this is part of the um, bi-demonstriality of Mercury and the sort of uh, transsexuality of Mercury, the hermaphroditism, has to do with the mystery of display, the mystery of the the trick in the change, which is the difference between Jacob and Israel, right? Jacob is the mercurial rabbit thief-like aspect, right? Stole his brother's birthright, got away, ran. Not in violento and not in confrontational mode. And this is ultimately still mercury. You know, they're not different things. It is part of the secret and mystery of it. I, as a kid, could never understand, by kid I mean like early esoteric student, 20-year-old, why the third day of the week wasn't already Mercury, why it was Tuesday and not uh, Miraculous. And I think the reason does have to do with the space made for the transition. And this is part of why um, a lot of esoteric systems will put Mercury as Netzach, you know, the beginning of the appearance, the fourth day, the beginning of the emergence, Four is not six, but it's similar. And the main difference we're going to learn about, this is B'nai Saskar talking about Elul. The Gematria Bina, 
This is Mimer Chodesh Elul, Mimer Aleph. Section 7. We're just going to skip down to 7, okay? Elul Begamatria Bina. El, you know, 1, 30, 6, 30. Aleph, Lamed. Above Lamed. Is Gamatria Bina. 2, 10, 55. Bet Yud, Nun, Hey. Quotes a source for this. Siv This is the secret. Who sowed? Chuva ila'a. This is the secret of how would we translate chuva, right? Return, repentance. I'm going to say it again. Reintegration, reintegrity. Chuva ila'a. The highest reintegration. Really changing. Really understanding. Viadua, and everybody knows. Dimamene dinin mit arin. The enam de katadinim ella Everybody knows. From chuva, from reintegration, from reintegrity, from Understanding the problem and changing because of it fundamentally. All judgments are overturned. Right? Can't help but notice. Everyone knows. It's a known thing. When you're really sorry and you really understand what you did wrong, it's hard to be angry at you. The judgments are gone. You are not a problem anymore. And you'll notice the distinction between you are not a problem anymore and you could never have been a problem. The difference is reintegration. Working it out. And this is an infinite work because there's infinite accountability and infinite understanding. The more you can understand, the more you would realize and be sorry. You know, the appropriate kind of sorry. The kind that we are once we understand. Not just what we did wrong, but what is wrong. And how much bigger it is than us. And this standard comes back down to that fifth dimension, right? Better and worse. Which is defined by how it feels. Right? If you cause worse feelings or feel them, it's still pretty bad. And so the weighing, the organizing mechanism has to be in a kind of back and forth. And I'll argue this is a lot of what unfolds in the astrology and unfolds in the experience creation. Because I'll, I'll argue that the 12 signs of the zodiac are different from the seven planets that ostensibly rule them and even the fundamental trinity that fundamentally birthed that and yet also sort of exists parallel and next to it, you know, in that, the seven are extremes of better and worse that give way to make the 
limits of heaven, the sort of boundaries and extremes of heaven, which are the other side of the thing. Like the 12 aren't divinities. They're ruled by divinities. You know, they are the other extreme of gate. Now, the divinities that rule these 12 are not really stronger than these 12. They're sort of equi-relevant on some level, except that the seven are defined by their distance and alienation and their infinitude. And the 12, sort of by their different infinitude in that they are the vessel that feels the thing, but also the vessel that responds to the thing. The ordering mechanism is the maiden because you'll see... And you'll understand. And once you do, you'll have the range understood and covered. It once occurred to me, why is Mercury called Mercury? Why is Kochav called Kochav? Is a mark is how you know the distance from here to there. And this is one of the innovations of Marcolis, of Mercury, of Mercurius, of the mercantile and the mercenary, you know, of the market itself, the distance is the definition of the market along a broad way. The distance is a definition of a mark, right? Someone you don't know who you are ripping off is a mark. Someone who maybe you're paying to do something is a mercenary. All of this is a little tangential, except to describe the distance and the way, and this is reintegration, right? Why are stories so important to Mercury is because you wouldn't know the distance and the way, you know, how they feel, which is the only realest thing about them. And this is why theater really begins with satyr plays, with her hermeneutics and sort of language given over in song and in expression and in movement and in uh, art to whatever degree. And we have to mark these things any way we can. X, Y, Z. As opposed to A, B, C, which are consonants that we do know and are defined as in Descartian, new math, you know, A plus B equals C. And we know A because you could, you could know A. But X, Y, and Z are all mysteries. And in this way, understanding is a mystery in the other end. The things you already understand, A, B, C. Easy as pie. But the things you don't understand yet that you are understanding suddenly now because it's cooled off, because it's cool, because there's time, for whatever mystery reason, the king is in the field now. And let's say the king as the thing that's being understood and grasped, the majesty, like the will. And the judgments are not sweetened. The resentments are not resolved, except at their source. Med, wow, med. Im kolel David otiot haikarin begmatria rach. Yitzchak. Mehorot she mtaka sadinin mpachad yitzchak besharshan lubina alidea tshuva. 
there is a restraining ordering mechanism and it ultimately retreats back to Gevura. I think that's what he's saying, right? When the Baal Tshuva Shav B'Tshuva goes back into Tshuva, reintegrates, which is discipline and relates back to discipline. And in that way, the sort of first Taurus impulse. He ascends, behold, they ascend to understanding and sweeten the judgments in their root. And so the filling of Elul without those first letters, just the filling itself, Lef, Med, Wow, Med, without Aleph, Lamed, Wow, Lamed, without the Gematria Bina, right? If you take out the Bina from Elul, no, if you take out the Elul from Elul, if you take out the first letters of Elul from the long version of the Gematria of Elul, but with the fundamental four letters, which is Gematria Rach, 208. Yitzchak. 208. 10, 98, 100. Yud Sadik Chet Kuf. Lehorot. Hamtakat Hadinim Lepachad Yitzchak Besharshan Bina Yedea Tshuva. And this is how much reintegration and reintegrity depends on cognition and understanding which is through discipline, you know? And that's just listening. Yitzchak is a euphemism traditionally for just listening, right? Abraham does a new thing. The fool. Isaac basically does the same thing. And this is discipline. And this is coming down into noticing. And this is what understanding depends on and pivots up from. Oh. And in this, there's to understand there's a thing that happens in the book of Deuteronomy where Moses turns around and just starts praying. At the beginning of the book of Deuteronomy, there's a general imperative. There's all a general imperative. But then there's a check-in, a reintegration, as Moses tries to find his integrity with God over his tremendous frustration and outrage, over this unfair nature of thing he's praying with his whole heart. Because traditionally, this is prayer, is faith and his understanding is just noticing what you feel, just noticing what you need, just noticing how real the danger is, and praying. This is understanding itself, the Divine Mother. And traditionally, this is moment in Deuteronomy where Moses turns around to God and just starts praying to him, please let me go into the land this thing that I don't think is going to happen, that I think you told me is not going to happen. Please. And God asks him to please stop praying because it will work. Please don't. I want you to understand something instead. 
And he begins to, you know, fill him in on the thing that eventually inspires the rest of what Moses shares in the book of Deuteronomy, you know, as nicely as he can, as best as he can within his limited spectrum. And in this is, I want you to understand this thing. There is in this to understand. When he appealed, when he appealed to God at that moment, saying, look, there's to specify that what they do traditionally, they specify what it is at that moment and what it is saying, at that moment saying. What does that even mean? Of course it was at that moment, and of course it was saying. These are what words are at this moment that they're said, saying what they say. But according to this, the thing we just said, you know, that it's known according to the ancient Kabbalists, according to the, you know, long understood and received. The war against Sichon, the giant king of one desert tribe, and Og, the king of Abashan, the Amori kings, was in this month, was in this time. The war with them. Uh, Rav Nachman associates Sichon and the Amori with superstition, and Og, you know, with other things. And in that time, during that conflict, that's when he's praying. What is prayer even? Prayer is what we notice amidst war. And I think this is how Mercury emerges from Mars. Repeatedly, originally, and reversibly, let's say to the degree that Mars had to come before Mercury because how else could they have heard it? First thought, best thought. But the recovery is through noticing how much is still happening. The conflict is happening in that time traditionally because prayer is possible in that time, in this time. It's hard to pray a lot of times, especially nowadays, especially if you don't know who's listening, but sometimes we can't help but pray. And by pray, maybe I mean sing, you know? Maybe I mean sing with our whole hearts, our feelings, if we don't have traditional outlets for singing our whole hearts with our feelings. And a lot of the custom is, at the very least, the last week of Virgo, the very late of Elul, whatever, 
but in a lot of traditional in the Eastern communities, and I want to talk for a second about East and West in Latin, este o este, this one or that one. Este, this one is East, oeste, or this one is West. And I think oeste, the other, the West, is always associated in this context with the outwards. And este, this, with the inwards. And this is a little bit where conflict is, right? Direction, priority. But getting a sense of perspective about where things go and just taking care of them sure does help. And so, and notice it's commemorated in the name of this prayer, God's four-letter name, with the sounds of his five-letter name, Elohim, Adonai. And this is the source of the vowels in E-O-E, as being, let's say, a way one could try to read the Tetragrammaton was so motivated. E-O-A, you know. Hinting to understanding. Haromez Labina. This name, Elohim, itself hints to understanding in a way that the four-letter name only partially hints to understanding. You know, the hey, the five, in the four-letter name is the five letters in Elohim. And Elohim just means divinities, you know, judges, who are in charge of understanding because of their superior placement. And he begins to address some of the angelic hierarchies implicit in this, which is what I'm going to come back and learn with us in part two of this as we pivot into scale. That in that we fractionate Biprerek Misugal, a really didactic opportunity for a complete reintegration. Because being sorry is part of noticing and is part of fighting. And noticing and reintegrating. And just also notice that even this word eight, time, the theater of the thing, is eight moment, you know. At this moment, eight, ayin taf, 470, eight time, because every time is a wonderful opportunity for understanding, but sometimes seem to invite it. Full integration. Yes.